I'm AC Brown, and you're listening to Is My Aura On Straight, a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning. Each week, we'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life, love, and business, with topics ranging from spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, metaphysics, and everything in between. This podcast episode is sponsored by Alder New York. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? I am your host, A.C. Brown. I am your psychic channel, spiritual guide and teacher and voice of truth. And I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Is My Aura On Straight? So it looks like this series is going to be four parts because I was going to put strategy and authority in the same episode, but authority needs its own episode. So this episode is going to be what I wish I would have learned when I first found human design part three. And we're going to be talking about your strategy. We're going to be talking about everyone's strategy. And so how I like to say about strategy, I have a a lot of thoughts about strategy because I, I personally believe that Your strategy is the hardest to stick to when you first come into the human design system because you either have your own ways of doing things. You know, my whole thing, the 80-20 rule when it comes to these spirituality modalities is that 80% of all of this is accurate. And then you have the 20%, which is the way you were raised, your socioeconomic status, trauma, condition, like all of that stuff plays a part into that 20%. And many times when we find these modalities, the 20% is really what we are living our lives in. And the goal is to get to the 80%. And so when we think about your strategy It's challenging because I always say this, I've said this many times on this podcast, on other podcasts, waiting was not a part of my life. Both of my parents are generators. I have a lot of generator energy in my family and we don't wait. That's not (laughs) what we do. (laughs) I've been taught to go out and get it and make it happen you create your own destiny like that. That's what I heard growing up. The sky's the limit. Anything you want, you can have. That whole kind of rhetoric was always like embedded in my mind. And that's how I was raised. So finding out that I was a projector, I was like, excuse me, I have to wait for what? For who? And it was just like, I'm not, I don't wait for nobody. I'm not, I'm not following this. And I spent a lot of my life pushing, pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to essentially make things happen. And I remember, especially after college, even in college, being so burnt out from pushing that it was just like, 
why is this not happening? What's going on? And it made me, you know, really frustrated and bitter and angry and all of that. So when it comes to your strategy, what I love about human design, me and my Taurus moon, not easily impressed kind of thing. I like to say that the more you stick to your strategy, the less thirsty you are in the world. (laughs) There's nothing like a thirsty projector. It's just annoying. Any aura type that's thirsty is kind of annoying, but it just helps you really stick to the playbook of what you're supposed to be doing. And I use that word jokingly, but it really does. It helps you not be thirsty for opportunities, for situations, for jobs, for romantic relationships, platonic, all of that. So we're going to run down all of the aura types and their strategies and just some tips that I have learned over these years that helps each aura. So I'm going to actually start with manifestors. I love me manifest. I love some manifestors. Manifestors are really amazing. So manifestors, their strategy is to inform and then act and then their not self or emotional theme is anger. And so what does that mean to inform then act? In my opinion, if you listen to other podcast episodes, especially in the beginning, I talk about how I truly feel. And from what I've learned about manifestors, many of them get shut down in their youth. So in their youth, their most authentic voice at one point or another in their life is compromised, meaning that they are not given the autonomy to just be themselves, whether that is going from multiple interests to speaking their mind. And depending on the type of household you grew up in, especially in the black and brown communities, talking back and having a voice in some households was a no-no. You are a child you do not have a say, what I say goes kind of thing. And so I notice, especially my black and brown and my BIPOC manifestors, as they get older, they do kind of struggle with speaking up and speaking in their most authentic voice and speaking their truth because they fear that they will get a lot of backlash. So that sometimes it sort of hinders them in showing up in the world like they should. But once they let go of that, once you as a manifesto let go of that, you can really give yourself the freedom that you've been seeking for so long. The voice in the manifesto and not just, you know, your speaking voice, but your voice in your thoughts, in your opinions, in your views, and what you think is happening or should happen, that is part of informing. That is part of what you're here to do. I personally don't agree with manifestors being angry. I think that their anger is more self-imposed and more internal in the way that they get angry when they don't speak up for themselves or when they are put in situations and they should have said something and they didn't out of fear or whatever the case may be. And that just goes back internally with them and it like kind of eats, it eats you up inside. And so when it comes to the strategy of informing and acting, I like to say, and of course, Dr. Maya Angelou is a manifester and her famous quote is teach people how to treat you. 
And since she was a manifester, that is like the key. Teach people how to respond to you when you inform. And I always tell manifestors, you are informing to let people know what's happening next, not to seek permission. That is never, you are not asking for permission. And once you get past that, like the whole world kind of opens up for you as a manifester. So that's, you know, my thoughts on manifester. Learn how to inform and teach people how to treat you and it'll be good. So let's go with the generator types. I'm going to start with manifesting generators <laughs> so because, oh, manifesting generators. No, I really love manifesting generators. Manifesting generators and generators in some human design things you'll hear respond and act for both, but that is not true because the manifesting generator has a little bit, just a little bit of manifester in them. And some people, some human design practitioners, especially people who I've known and trained with over the years and some of the older school human design people, they feel sometimes that the manifesting generator is more manifester than generator. I like to say it's about like 80, 20, 70, 30. And so for the manifesting generator, the strategy really is respond, imagine, inform, and then act. So there is the manifesting generator's responsibility or their strategy because they are here to start stuff. You are here to do a lot of things. You're here to sample. You're here to get the party started in multiple areas. And you know my thoughts on that. Bring it in you know, make it, put it in a wheelhouse, focus it, (laughs) put it under an umbrella, all of that. But when you are sampling and when you are going, 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 that imagine and inform is key. And that is why you will hear and see when people say, oh, manifesting generators, they were moving too fast and they make mistakes and they have to go back and do something again. And I truly believe that it's because they skip the imagine and inform step. The imagine part is, I like to tell manifesting generators, you're imagining how you want things to happen, what you can control, because we can only control ourselves. And then the informing is the same thing like a manifester. This is what I am doing and then acting. So with that respond, imagine, inform, and then act, it goes hand in hand. I truly believe that manifesting generators often get themselves in trouble, especially when other people are involved, is because they're moving so fast that they feel, and this is my experience, If you're not going to be able to help me solve my problem or help me complete this task or help me do anything, there's no need for me to inform you about what's happening. Granted, some days I feel like that's correct. And other days I'm like, eh, well, it's good to know what's going on. Because oftentimes with the manifesting generator, and you've heard my gripes, especially in romantic relationships, is that the manifesting generator, I just, I hate to say it, and some people might give me a lot of backlash for this, but the manifesting generator doesn't need you. 
And what I mean by that is to complete certain tasks, to reach certain goals, you are not a factor <laughs> or, you know, you're a non, you're a non-factor <laughs> you're a non-mother effing factor to them. If you know, you know, you're a non-factor to them. And that's not to be mean. That's not to say that they don't want to be in relation with you or to be friends or to be business partners, but they don't need you to actually help them complete something. Do we all need someone to help us complete things? Absolutely. But in the manifesting generator's mind, they're like, I can just do it myself. So I find that the biggest issue that manifesting generators face when it comes to their strategy. Like I said, that imagine inform part is what gets you all tripped up, that it makes things difficult. And then people are like, damn, you didn't tell me. Why didn't you say this? Why didn't you say that? And so that's what happened. So my advice for manifesting generators after you're responding, please imagine, please inform and then act. It will save you a lot of pain and frustration. Clean luxury skincare doesn't have to break the bank. Alder New York makes skincare products with dermatologist approved ingredients and plant power active starting at $7.99. And since I've been trying this skincare line, my favorite product so far has been the Alder New York Clarifying Mask. It is absolutely divine. It has charcoal, willow bark, zinc, and clay and it is amazing. Experience the products that Allure calls simple, sleek, and highly effective. Use code Aura for 15% off your first order at alternewyork.com. For my generators, absolutely love, love, love generators. Generator, you can fight me on this. Everybody can fight me. I feel that generators and projectors are more alike than generators and manifesting generators. And the reason for that is because the strategy of responding than acting for a generator is going to be responding to something externally outside of them. They're responding to universal cues, to a person. They're responding to something outside of them and it involves someone else. The same with a projector. And we'll get there. The energy is involving someone else or something outside of you, even though it's a little bit nuanced, a little bit different. So for generators, the goal for you when it comes to responding than acting, in which is going to be a challenge. And here's where the difference really comes into play with generators and manifesting generators. When a generator gets started on something or is in something, the transition for them to get out of it is hard, point blank period. It is not an easy task. The manifesting generator, on the other hand, if something doesn't sit well with them or they are not liking something, it's not that they can't get out of it quickly because they do. It's just that they don't notice it because they have so much other stuff going on. So that's why it's a little bit over time that their mistakes happen or et cetera. But the generator, on the other hand, will be in something for a long time because they don't know how to stop. They don't know how to transition from one 
position to the next, from one interest to the next, that is a little bit more nuanced for them. And so that's why it's very important for generators to know what they want. And when I first entered the human design system and I was learning as far as to read charts and stuff, it was really as simple as I would hear so many people say generators need to just make a list of things. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Because it really is that simple for them, but it's also really challenging because I like to say for my generator friends, almost doesn't count. <laughs> Literally almost doesn't count. So if you like red, like the color red, and someone is presenting you something that's burgundy, that is a no. Not because it's in the shade of the family, that's just a no. So when it comes to responding than acting, you can really have less heartache if you're saying no more. I truly believe with the generator, the more that they say no, the more that it doesn't align with what they actually want, the easier it is for the things that they want to come to them, the easier it is for them to get into positions, careers, relationships better. So they're not in this cycle of just never ending kind of like pivoting where they're just like, oh, I don't know what to do next. But that's, you know, generators totally, totally love you. That's, you know, some things that I would definitely do if I was starting out is focus on that. What do I like? Is that a yes? Is that a no? So when people are presenting you with things that look like what you want, and it's not exactly what you want, then you can say, no, that's not for me. Yes, you do need to try it. But unfortunately, for the generator, you won't know you like something until you're in it. And then that pivot from getting out of it is where the challenge is. Next, we have projectors. Hey, projector booze. Um, so the strategy for projectors is to wait to be invited, recognize, and then act. I'm not going to lie, but if I wasn't a projector, I would be like, ooh, I'm so glad I don't have that strategy because that is not how society works right now. Capitalism, the way most of us are raised, we all have bills. There's so many things that come into play. We're all dealing with our own trauma. There's a lot. And waiting just, it sounds crazy because it is. And and I say that jokingly, but when I first learned about human design and I heard the waiting part, waiting to be invited, waiting to be recognized, no one explained to me that that doesn't mean that my life stops. It means that for big opportunities or things that are going to push me to the next level means that I am going to wait that it's going to be someone presenting me with an idea, presenting me with an opportunity, presenting me with a relationship, and I have a choice to say yes or no. The interesting thing is what a lot of human designs speak and people fail to talk about to projectors is that this invitation is not your last one. And we get so caught up in 
is this the only invitation that I'm going to have? Is this it for me? And then you start saying yes to invitations that truly don't even, you know, light you up. And then you're stuck in something and you're like, oh, I got to get out of this. But it's easier for a projector to get out of something than it is for a generator. Because for the projector, when it really doesn't feel good, we can't force it. We don't have the energy to continue on. So we have to pivot faster than the generator does. We have to get out of it. It's a must. And so one thing that I wish I would have known is that in the meantime of me waiting for these invitations was a call to really play and do what I wanted to do. No one really said that to me, that the goal was for me to play, have a good time, see what I wanted, how I wanted it, when I wanted it, and just show up, just show up and do my thing, be my best self. And then when it is time, guess what happens? The invitation comes in and I will use Jennifer Hudson as a prime example, she is a projector and Jennifer Hudson literally minds her business and all of a sudden we hear her getting a new job. Like, oh, she's getting a talk show. We didn't even know she was auditioning. We didn't even know she was up for it. We didn't even know a lot of things. I didn't know she was producing a Broadway play. Now she's an EGOT winner. You know, there's so many stories of projectors just sitting down. And I remember being on Cami Crawford's podcast, um, Relationship. Listen to that episode if you haven't. And Cami is a projector as well. And she said when she got the call for Catfish, they were like, oh, we've been looking at you and we want you to try out for this. She didn't audition. She did. They literally reached out to her like, oh, we've been watching you for a while. And so that's how it is for projectors. And so what I wish I would have known is that the invitation is not supposed to be this sad in limbo space. It's literally for me to do what I want to do and who recognizes me and who wants me in their world will invite me point blank period. Just show up and be your most fabulous self, your most awesome self. And that's, that's how it works. And once the projector gets that, the easier life will be because now it gives you the autonomy to do whatever you want, to show up in your business however you want. Of course, there's nuances with your profile, but that's what you get, you know? So that's my advice for projectors following their strategy. Next up is my reflector booze. Hey, reflector booze. I love reflectors. Reflectors are just amazing. I love a reflector like on a team. I would say my biggest misconception when I started learning about all of the other aura types and studying this to read and implement and all of that was that reflectors, this 28 day wait, I used to feel bad for them. We're like, damn, you gotta wait a whole 30 days. But that's not really what's happening. What I've noticed in the reflector friends that I have is that they get an idea 
or they are wanting to do something and how it manifests for them is over time of research, of asking questions, of being curious, of feeling out what that would look like. It's a very, very intense, but really rewarding process for them. So when the reflector has, you know, you'll hear 28 day wait and then act. What you're really doing is seeing if this new thing that you want to incorporate in your being is going to fit. And to me, that's actually pretty cool that you are able to really embrace what the next step is for you in a way that is conducive with your life, with who you are now, with what you're doing, your family, your relationships, your career. And then when you finally make that decision, you have gone through all of the scenarios, of course, that you can control. You have gone through the feelings that it might feel. And then you make that decision. And then as those things pop up after you've made that decision, you are more actually, you're, pre- you're prepared to handle it. I notice when reflectors really follow their strategy, they are less stressed when stressful things happen. And I believe it's because of their strategy because they've already gone through the process of the what if. And they've toyed around with how is this going to feel? What is this going to look like? What am I going to do if this happens? So if those things do happen, they are really able to just go with the flow and to handle it. Me on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? But a reflector, I think it's pretty magical the way that they are able to move through decisions, to move through life changes. Like it's literally they're preparing for all scenarios, but also, you know, the aligned reflector is showing up to their work, to their life, to their family, to their relationships in the happiest state because they've prepared for all of all of the emotions. So it's almost like I now can surrender to what is going to happen. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So what I wish I would have known now, especially working with reflectors back then, is letting them know how powerful the weight is letting them know that there is so much juiciness in the weight because they get to really embody their decisions and embody their changes. That's why when you see successful reflectors, it is an embodiment. It's who they are. It is not like they're not pretending. They're not just showing up for the gram, showing up for TikTok, showing up for YouTube um, or showing up, you know, in the boardroom. They're not just the superstars because they're pretending. They are really embodying the role. They're, they've prepared for that. They've thought about it mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. They are really an embodiment of who they are and what they're doing. And that is just commendable. So for all of you reflectors who are listening, who are just learning about human design, I challenge you to really feel good about that weight and really take your time 
with the transitions in your life and really take your time with the decisions that you have to make because what really does happen for you is during that waiting period, if you don't want to embody this particular thing or situation or new career or whatever, you can stop and say, you know what, I'm not gonna do that. And then you move on to the next thing. So that's what I have to say for reflectors. So I hope you enjoyed part three. Part four is going to be about authority, my favorite. I love the authority. And we're going to talk about that. So I hope you all are enjoying the series. I've heard some feedback from some of you that you really like it. And, you know, human design is new for some of us. I mean, it's it's, it's a baby. Um, it's in its 30s. So I think human design isn't going anywhere, which is great because it's been so helpful for my life. It's changed my life. And I hope it changes yours as you continue to listen and use it. And study yourself and know yourself. So I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Is My Aura On Street. Until next time, make sure you have an amazing day. And I'm sending you lots of love filled with good vibes and great energy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura On Street. This podcast was edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.